Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. Hi everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. And this is part two of our spooky episode about creepy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so last week we covered some pretty specific scary stories from El Silbón to La Sayona. Um, and this week we're going to be covering some more universally known Latin American folk tales. And maybe you guys have heard of it. Maybe you haven't. But hopefully we're going to tell you stuff that you haven't heard about these creepy critters. These creepy crawlies, creepy <laughs> tales from the crypt, cryptocurrency. Ah. I feel like, all right, every <laughs> single culture has a boogeyman, right? This sort of like overarching, mm-hmm. m- scary monster that is responsible for a bunch of bad things. It, it, I, I feel like... It, unlike the the scary stories we heard last week, which is like a very specific beginning, middle, and end of this hero's journey, this like anti-hero's journey, um, I feel like El Cucuy is the boogeyman in Latin America. And to be totally honest with you, I know absolutely nothing about El Cucuy other than the fact that he's scary. But like, who came up with these names? Because like, boogeyman sounds like either he loves dancing disco or he has a lot of mocos. <laughs> A pobre, like he has allergies, like the boogeyman. And then you have El Cucuy, who also goes by El Cuco or El Coco. These just seem like really shitty dog names that like you just don't take seriously because they're like toy poodles. Yeah, they're not scary names. No. If we could rename the boogeyman and El Cucuy, I feel like I would want to call him the Creminator. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I mean, fuck, I was more terrified of Rumpelstiltskin as a kid than I was of Boogeyman. Right. I feel like you need more consonants to make a name sound scary. Rumpelstiltskin. I feel like all of these names sound like items on a menu at a Latin American restaurant. Like you're like, you know what? I'm going to have, can I get um, la planchada medium? And then I'll do a side of el silbón. Um, hold the spice. And el coco for dessert. El coco for dessert. Actually, very much so. So <laughs> what do you know about cucuy, which is like our boogeyman? What is this thing? It's the same shit. They like like to hang out either under your bed or in your closet. Areas that you don't normally look into, uh, especially in the middle of the night. And they are just there to scare niños malcriados into behaving well. And I'm going to be honest, 
If I had an annoying magriado kid, I would definitely use el cucuy. Like Latino parents used el cucuy or el cuco to drive the fear of God into their children. He would look for like misbehaving children, but like the difference between him and like Boogeyman is that he would kidnap them and stuff them in a bag. So like some people call el cucuy el viejo del saco. Mmm. You're misbehaving. You're a magriado. Time to hop in my <laughs> my saco. Bah! I feel like they made it more Latin in that they put a, on another specific to terrify you further. Um, yes. But what I love about the boogeyman and el cucuy and any other iteration of the boogeyman is that parents will resort to anything to scare their children into portándose bien. Like... Oh, yeah. I think what the boogeyman and El Cucuy show us is that everywhere you go in any culture, kids are a pain in the ass and parents are just like, how in the living hell do I get this child to shut up or to like listen to me? I have to make this mythical, scary monster up so that they just are scared into submission. There's like a feral dog kind of appearance to El Cucuy. Just sharp teeth, gray hair and like... It's it's bizarre. Like it's like a ghost monster hybrid. I heard that the the Brazilian version is a woman called Cuca, which which means vagina in Venezuela. Um, but yep. I heard that like the Brazilian version, the Cuca looks like an alligator humanoid lady, and she yes. cooks children into soups. That's actually more terrifying than being tossed in a sack. Totally. <laughs> Like you have you have the American boogeyman, which is like he'll get you. Then you have like the Latin American el cucuy, like he's gonna put you in a sack. And then you have the Brazilian alligator crazy lady who sings lullabies and then cooks you into a soup. Women know how to murder. You know what I mean? We just we have this ability to uh, just to really really go there, really <laughs> really go there. But it's isn't it insane that th there's a version of the boogeyman in Afghanistan, Albania. Uh, Cyprus, England, Finland, claro, India. Because there's Japan. Nino Magriado everywhere. You know what? I feel like there is something unifying here. Like that across cultures, across our differences, across <laughs> all of these things, all of us have annoying ass children. Like, <laughs> absolutely. It's a universal truth that children are annoying and, and need to be, you know, yelled at at times and, and frightened because it works yo mira i mean at the end of the day the most terrifying thing is actually a cuban mom <laughs> and all you need is a pow pow and that's it but sometimes you need to 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 bring in the extra ammunition and that is folk tales like this um it's folk tales <laughs> like this and there you go if you are not able to scare your children enough by simply existing um, then you need to bring in these additional characters to help raise your child. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I feel my heart is full here. You know, no. I love finding these beautiful similarities we share with yeah. the world. So misbehaving children and the boogeyman is completely universal. Another thing that is totally universal is cryptozoology. You know, the concept of this pseudoscience that proves the existence of these like weird, bizarre you know, animal hybrid humanoid things like the Loch Ness Monster, Yeti, the Bigfoot. Um, and I feel like the the most known 
like Latin American folklore character, whatever, that I hear all my American friends talk about is the chupacabra, which directly translates to goat sucker, which goes back to what we were discussing in last week's episode, which is like goats are a sign of like the devil. So <laughs> these are go. This like whatever it is. I don't know the, the animal that it, the chupacabra is, which there's different iterations of what he's supposed to look like or they're supposed to look like just sucks the blood out of goats. Yes. Do you know more about the chupacabra than I than I do? I I feel like I I've never liked cryptozoology. I feel like that is like the Loch Ness monster and Bigfoot. I'm like, why are we wasting time? And we don't know what's at the bottom of the ocean. Why are we making up these weird animals right now? Like there's no why it's it's I, a confusing pseudoscience to me. To me, the chupacabra is a nostalgic thing for me because oh i the first reported sighting of a chupacabra was in puerto rico in 1995 and that was for me i how old was i 1995 i was freaking like nine years old or so and you know we had a big patio like my grandfather had like a big backyard and a front yard full of trees we had our dog campeon and i remember worrying about campeon because i'm like the chupacabra is gonna come and take campeon because that's all fucking telemundo and univision talked about from like 1995 to like 2005 nonstop. it was about either virgin mary sightings on like toast or chupacabra especially on freaking primer impacto and there would be images of this chupacabra and like be careful with your animals and your pets which is funny because living in LA we're surrounded by coyotes and coyotes are constantly eating people's pets wait so are you I mean I'm I'm, I'm a little confused like the first sighting of this supposed thing was in 1995 why because they just they just found a bunch of like dead animals yeah like dead goats and livestock and like you know, and people were reporting that they saw the chupacabra. Some people turned it into a supernatural creature versus other people saw it as like an actual like phenomenon. Like they discovered a new species that has yet to be fully discovered and studied. So it was like a big deal to so many people because it's like, oh, what is this? And they're commonly described to look like these creatures with gray scaly skin and like a raised ridge on its back and like vicious teeth all these are traits that have not yet to be discovered on a creature this is new this is new territory and that's why i think they made such a big deal about it but this is where i'm gonna ruin the chupacabra for many people summer the best time of year usually doesn't come with a great deal soaring temperatures come with soaring prices but what if there's another way with ikea your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. 
Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. I mean, I, I do want you to ruin it because right now for me, I'm just like, so you're telling me that these these animals and livestock are being like eaten and their blood is being drank by this weird creature that is possibly just a coyote then. Um, but the, this need and desire to make it fantastical is is interesting to me. I feel like it was just a slow news cycle in the 90s and they're just like, all right, we need something that isn't super scary like inflation and murder and war. So, you know what? Let's talk about this creepy little figurine called Chupacabra. Like, and I remember Americans talking the about chupacabras it. Chupacabras are going to come and, and kill Winky. Yeah. This is the first folklore that we were alive in its inception for, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, all the other ones are like from the 1800s and you turn of the century. And this one was like, we were alive when the Chupacabra was made up. We were there for its inception for the creation of this bizarre folk tale. And from its inception to now, every element of it is absurd to me. Like, you have animals, like, drained of their blood found in Puerto Rico. And this somehow perpetuated this idea that there's this alien, like, lizard type of furry creature that is murdering and drinking the blood like a vampire of livestock. Pretty much. And look, I it's not like I've studied this my whole life. Obviously, I've been surrounded by it because Spanish television. But <laughs> basically, the conclusion here is that the chupacabra is more than likely a coyote or a raccoon in more rare cases that happens to be suffering from mange. What is that? Mange is a, a, a disease that causes animals. I mean, dogs can get mange. They, they lose their hair. Oh. And their and their skin gets really scaly and patchy, and they only have little weird patches of hair. And coyotes, their skin color is gray. By mm. like their natural skin color is gray. So, a lot of people are now like coming to the conclusion that this is more than likely a coyote. That was mm -hmm. suffer like coyotes that are simply suffering from this severe disease. Basically, like the animal equivalent of psoriasis. And additionally, like for instance, the scales and the rough parts, you know, are also due to like burrowing mites. So this animal is just fucked up. But it's not a new creature. It's not supernatural. It's just a coyote with mange. I mean, isn't that... It's like, you know, when exorcisms were like, yeah, like the devil's inside of her. It's like, no, I think that that's just an epileptic person. That's it. Yeah, and, and, and these people are making it seem like they're demon-possessed. Google coyote with mange, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It looks like a fucking chupacabra. Let me see. What is it, though? Coyote with mange. I feel so bad. Oh my God, I... this is the chupacabra. Yeah. Wait, but what? Jenny, I actually, I just, I just stumbled upon something that I feel like, I feel like we all got trolled, okay? Because I just looked it up online and the term chupacabra was coined by a comedian, like a Puerto Rican <laughs> comedian made up the name chupacabra and we all took it seriously. Like, 
Like, I feel... I feel like we were all effectively trolled. Like, obviously, it was a coyote with some, like, weird skin psoriasis. And then everyone freaked out about it. Everyone believed it. And then everyone's like, this thing is real. And the name is a chupacabra. And now, like, the name is a joke. It's a literal joke told on Puerto Rican radio. And everyone took it seriously. Well... I have some some more news. So it turns out that the very first eyewitness who claims to have seen the chupacabra in Puerto Rico, they had just seen the movie Species. So then when they saw this chupacabra in real life, they thought that Species was based on a, on a real story in Puerto Rico. So they basically described the creature from the movie Species. Oh my God. And then Primer Impacto got a hold of it. <laughs> Listen, I am so sorry, Mirka Dejanos and Maria Celeste. Tell you. That, that news is not news. They were like, the, again, they were like, we need something for our news cycle. What do we put? This is perfect. We, I, we got it all. They could talk about anything. They could be like, the Chupacabra got married to Carmen Sandiego. And, they, and then people like, would be like, oh, that's, that's people amazing. People believe it. They're like, oh my God, they found Carmen Sandiego? No wonder. <laughs> like, no wonder. They found her and she married the Chupacabra. And then they, had, they gave birth to Waldo. I don't know, like, and that's the kind of shit that <laughs> Primer Impacto, you know what's funny? Primer Impacto to our grandparents and parents was like el cucuy to kids. Mm-hmm. That was like, we're going to scare the living shit out of adults. Yeah, that sounds like Fox News to American Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> like, immigrants are going to come and take our shit. Ah, that's ah! <laughs> Like, literally, like, that is, it's like, it's like these terrible bedtime terrifying bedtime stories that you tell adults so that they can behave mm-hmm. that's what it is it, that's what it was like keep your keep your animals indoors please or <laughs> this character from species will murder you but I, I you know what's interesting is that era like the 90s all of these like alien movies and came out and you know there was species there was this there was that i feel like there was this whole sentiment of like we don't really know what's on this earth and there's like mystery here because like i feel like people were trying to search for mystery around them i don't know if it's i don't know what it is i think like special effects became like more intense in hollywood and people were like yo that looks too real maybe it is real (laughs) like special (laughs) effects caused people to be like this might be real life the species might be real life this is too believable too believable like, thank God in, like, the 80s and 70s, you had, like, terrible, you know, monsters looked like paper mache. And now it's like, oh, my God, computer generated this? Oh, my goodness. Holy shit. Oh, God. Humans are stupid, man. Speaking of humans, um, Jenny, I think the most famous Latin American tale is obviously La Llorona. God, lady, shut up! <laughs> I feel like La Llorona is the folktale equivalent of the empanada. Like, every country thinks that La Llorona is theirs, but it's absolutely universal. Every country has their own version of La Llorona. And even though it apparently did originate in Mexico, I thought La Llorona was Venezuelan. My Colombian husband thought it was Colombian. Like, everyone thinks it's their own. I thought they were ripping off Medea, which is a Greek tragedy. 
Well, I it, it so it sort of did. Like um the there is a version of uh, in mythology in Greek mythology that is this is this story as well the same shit it's the same thing she just didn't drown them i think she like burned them or ki- i don't know how the fuck she killed her kid but yeah and so like she the same mierda the husband can't keep his dick in his pants he fucks some other chick of a higher status and and then she's like fuck everything and she kills her fucking two sons as vengeance that was Medea's story that was that is literally La Llorona. La Llorona, I guess, there's many different iterations and versions, and that's something I want to get into later, but just to for those of you out there that somehow don't know La Llorona, because even Americans are making movies about La Llorona now, uh, the story is this woman um, is in love with her, her husband, I guess, and the husband cheats on her and leaves her, abandons her, and she is so overwhelmed with frustration and depression that she drowns her children. And then she drowns herself as well. But then when she goes to God or whatever, when they're about to let her into heaven, they're like, dude, you freaking murdered your children. You're not coming in here. And she's like, oh my God, what? And then they send her back as a ghost to roam and like cry and like look for her children. So she's like, she cries asking where her children are, but then will drown your kid. Which is, you know, I don't understand this character's motivation. Again, I don't understand the character (laughs) motivation. She's a ghost that murders children by drowning them, but is looking for her own kids. So I guess she's so mad that she killed her own kids that she's like, I'm going to keep killing children which i don't think is the correct remedy to the situation yeah no that's not um that's not really um the best way to handle it but you know once again it was a real great tool for parents summer the best time of year usually doesn't come with a great deal soaring temperatures come with soaring prices but what if there's another way with ikea your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable here everyone can have lounge chair access no reservations needed From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Mm. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado Con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles O seas más dulcero Y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados Lego with Ego Apparently in a lot of articles It's like usually on cold and windy nights Specifically cold and windy Which doesn't exist in Miami So I don't know That's probably why I was never told about the La Llorona as a kid but on cold and windy nights, um, parents would tell their children, well, you better go to bed early because if you don't go to bed early, La Llorona's going to find you. Yeah. And she's going to drown you. It's also what we talked about last week, which is this mother archetype, right? Like, what is a mm-hmm. good mother and what is a bad mother? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, like, what this is sort of saying is, like, even if you're, like, kind of a little bit not a great mother, like, you could drown your kids. Like, Every woman is capable of of murdering her children and women have to be good mothers. Like, you know, this this link of like the women's value 
being 100% linked to their their role as a mother. And the ultimate failure is being a failed mom. And what is the most ultimate failure of a mother is just kill her own kids, obviously. But there's another element of this. Like, clearly La Llorona was, this archetypal concept was around with the Greeks. And then La Llorona, it, there's texts that prove it's like pre-Hispanic. Like, before Spain even arrived to Mexico, there were stories of La Llorona. But what I kind of find interesting about this myth is that it it evolved. And you see it evolving in different countries, but then you see it evolving within Mexico. Because after Spanish people arrived and kind of, you know, fucked shit up, La Llorona became about the conquistadors. In this version of La Llorona, they sort of conflated the story of Malinche, which Malinche uh, was the indigenous woman who served and helped Hernán Cortés as her, his interpreter and also bore mm. him his son. And Malinche, she's considered as like both the mother of modern Mexico, but also a symbol of national treachery because she helped the Spanish conquistar. And in the mm. version of La Llorona that sort of incorporates all this, there's like these undertones of, you know, this indigenous woman be like bearing this white Spanish man's children and then drowning them sort of as an act of, of rebellion um, and then killing herself. So there's like this added layer of history incorporated into the story of La Llorona in this iteration. And then every other country has little changes that make it more personalized. That's really interesting because I didn't know those extra details about her because for me, I was always very much tied to Medea because again, I was in the play. And so I was like, oh, this is just... Medea, but with water and more crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I always saw La Llorona. I mean, uh, you know, all of these stories are sort of, as we've said before, they're kind of archetypes. They, we see them time and time again in history. And it's sort of how each culture interprets them that sort of adds more color and flavor. But Greek tragedies are so dramatic. They're, I feel like they're Latino. <laughs> I mean, did you not see my big fat Greek wedding? Like, it, we're very much alike in many mm -hmm. ways. So I'm not surprised. That's actually a really good point. O sea, I feel like telenovelas are just the new age Greek tragedies. You have incest. You have, like, people that think they're gods. Mm -hmm. It's the original magical realism, I think. You have these yeah. crazy yeah. stories of these gods and told as if they're just absolutely normal. You know, and you know, just chill, just regular life, day in the life, day, day in the life of Zeus. And so much of Latin American like folklore and stuff is is just that. And even Latin American literature is just that. It's let's take mm -hmm. this fantastical, crazy element and just completely make it normal in this world. Let's not let's not look twice at the fact that like, you know, this woman just took a machete to her mother and drowned her children and lit her house on fire. Like this, 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 I guess this makes sense. And now she's a ghost that murders men that cheat on their wives. It's, it's truly, it's truly a Greek tragedy too. Yeah. It's also about like weaknesses, right? Like trying to give people lessons on how to act and behave through fear. <laughs> um, that's yeah. Which is kind of religious. Well, I mean, that's the Bible. That's the whole, that's the whole Bible. It's like, <laughs> mira, si tú haces esto, esto te va a pasar. <laughs> papá Dios te va a dar papá. 
Like that's pretty oh, much. Look, but overall though, like it's funny because me as a kid, you'd think my family used a number of these on me, but they really didn't. My sole motivator as a kid to behave well, I am, I shit you not, was Santa Claus. Santa's watching me. So I need to be a good kid. I didn't need no fucking Silbon or Papalote or I don't fucking know the names of these fucking Santa was the boogeyman or el, el cucuy <laughs> with positive reinforcement. <laughs> like, yes, he, he was yes. a positive reinforcement boogeyman. He's like, he sees all your shit, but he'll give you like presents if you do good. But then el cucuy is like, you do something wrong and you will be a dead child. And I feel like yeah. Santa Claus, I mean, it, he's been very well marketed to be just a a positive reinforcement cucuy. It really does work. This like positive reinforcement you maybe don't always have to scare the living shit out of your child to get them to behave. If you really get them to believe in magic and in the tooth fairy and in Santa Claus and like these really positive, yet still creepy um, <laughs> uh, characters, you, uh, that's, that's still a motivator. It's a positive motivator. It worked for me. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize until this moment that you have Santa and you have the tooth fairy and you have the Easter bunny. And these are all basically the same things, but happy. But happy. <laughs> they, they are trying to teach lessons and they're trying to have people behave. And but they're like happy and joyous. But they're and, all. And you get rewarded and you get rewarded. Yeah, but it's still manipulative. It's just still like manipulating human nature. I mean, it's like it works for everyone, though. Like, think about it. Like when they were giving away donuts, Krispy Kreme, if you got vaccinated, <laughs> we're the same. We do not change. We're, we are a bunch of grown ass kids and we don't do things unless there's a fucking treat at the end of this. We're basically dogs. Which is like what heaven is, right? We want to be good to go to heaven. There's all. Yeah, it's, it's always it's like motivator. all of your actions have consequences, man. Like that's what all of like religion <laughs> and folk tales and everything and even Santa is telling us like everything has consequences. And I think yep. that like, you know, from last week when we talked about eh, El Silbon and, you know, telling men not to cheat on their wives and drunkards not to drink and, you know, be a good mother and be a good nurse. And, you know, all of these things are just trying to hammer like being a good person or a better person into us through like fear and and treachery and and horrific stories of violence and i think that we function better with happy stories with happy endings so you know like how about like if la llorona was a positive story maybe she doesn't kill her kids she you know independentizes herself she doesn't need her husband um she teaches her kids to swim those children become olympic swimmers and help their mother leave the town that she's from and live <laughs> happily ever after that's Olympic swimmers. And she's called La Llorona because she cries of joy when she sees her children swim <laughs> in the Olympics. And that's a story I can get behind. Oh, that's like the fairy tale version of La Llorona by Joanna Hausman. There's some Yo, inconsistencies You know what? We there. should just rewrite them. Let's just start rewriting <laughs> all of them, all the fairy tales. I love how last week I was genuinely afraid and like scared and really into all the stories. And then this episode, we were just like, what the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> what are these? What are these stories? <laughs> Jesus. 
I don't know, man, but people were bored back in the day. Imagínate tú, these fucking people, and they're just sitting around a campfire. I don't know. The fuck? Yeah, there's no internet. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, except, like, except, for, except for Chupacabra, that guy that, that watched Species and just got way too much of an active imagination. Like, there's no justification to make up a folktale now. There's too many things to distract yourself with. Like, I get it in the um, 1800s when there was literally nothing to do at nighttime. Girl. And you were just, like, scared and decided to make shit up. But can we stop? Can we just leave Okay, but it's still happening. It's called QAnon. It's called QAnon, Oh, my, my God. The lizard people... The lizard people, bro. Shit. Yes. It's not over. Wow. We will continue yeah, to like comer scary. mierda. No, now it's like really just affecting. Shit. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Let's but stop. But it, 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 it no. continues. All right. I think that's our call to action. Like, let's stop making folk tales. Like, we can, we can read about the ones from our great-great-grandparents and sort of like get a little scared and, and have a little laugh. But let's stop. Like, that's something that just doesn't age well, the making of folk tales. Yeah. We should, we should stop at Chupacabra. That should be the absolute last one. <laughs> Which is, again, a coyote with mange. <laughs> well, I'm not scared, but um, I'm still excited for Halloween. So this hasn't ruined my Halloween spirit. This has just made me, you know, more more picky about which folk tales I'm going to tell my children to f- instill fear in them. Just go go ham on Santa Claus, I'm telling you. My mom went the extra mile. She would make it seem like Santa walked through the house with his boots. She would My mom is a pro. If you want to know how to really trick your kids into believing in Santa until they're 10 years old like me, just contact Mercy Lorenzo. Well, I think we've debunked and also scared ourselves enough <laughs> with this conversation. <laughs> To last us a lifetime. To last us a lifetime. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego.